0: Welcome to Rec Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenus and we are finally here at the Defenders review episode because we have the news that Rafael Varan will be coming to Manchester United. Obviously, it's not official because it is pending a physical, but it appears that Rafael Varan will be a Manchester United player. The fee, I think, is the one that surprises everyone. And when you're looking at 35 million pounds, plus the add-ons. You cannot have any complaints about that. Absolutely
1: not, Vivek. That is a monumental signing for us at a discount. World-class player, World Cup winner, four-time Champions League winner. We're getting class right now. We're getting what we wanted to see, which was a step up in one of our most vital positions. The spine of the team Looks a lot more solidified at this point. We're probably just one piece away now if we can fill in that CDM spot. But as a United fan, you got to feel happy about that one because um, it really gives everybody a boost when you see a signing like that. And you know what? Any of those players who are maybe got one year left on their deals might uh, think twice before leaving now once they see the upgrades the team has made. I think you know who I'm talking about, Vivek.
0: Yes, I do. We will get to him a bit later in the show. But for now, Rafael Varane pairing with Harry Maguire. We've seen some interesting debates being had about who in the Premier League now has the best centre-back pairing. Whether you look at Manchester City with Ruben Diaz and John Stones, whether it's Liverpool now having... Virgil van Dijk back to pair with Gomez. Obviously, Konate will be in the mix for Liverpool as well. You look over at Chelsea, whether it's Thiago Silva, Christensen, sorting out a transfer between Kunde and Zuma. How do you see this United back pairing?
1: Vivek, on paper, it looks pretty good. You, You look at the showing from Harry Maguire during Euro 2020. He probably came out as top three center back in that tournament uh, behind Bonucci and Kellini in my books. And then Varane, he, he didn't do anything extravagant. He also didn't make any mistakes. You can't ask for much more when you're looking at the United team based on what we've seen from Victor Lindelof, where he, he never does anything extravagant either. However, he always has a mistake or two in his books. And they always seem to come out at vital times for us. So I still think, you know, this is going to be an upgrade. They're like I think the Varane-Harry Maguire partnership, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I would say top two in the Premier League right now. I would still put John Stones and Ruben Diaz as number one. Yep. And I think Virgil van Dijk alone <laughs> should be rated <laughs> by himself, but... Because his pairing always seems to change, whether it's Joe Gomez, it could be Konate. In the past, it was Dejan Lovren. It's been Nat Phillips. You know, he's had a variety of partners. So I would put Liverpool at number three. But that's where I, I think they place right now before a ball has been kicked.
0: That sounds about right to me. I think if you were to put Liverpool above, it might just be because of the fact that they've been serious contenders before and just showing that due respect. But on paper, I think Maguire and Varane could be a really, really strong pairing. When we looked at different options at center back for United, potentially between Varane, Sergio Ramos, and Pau Torres, I did have Pau Torres as my number one preference, primarily because him being left-footed, I thought it could slide Harry Maguire over, and both of them would be in a more comfortable position. Obviously, now Varan will slot into that right side of defense next to Erwan Bissaka. But I still feel it's a massive upgrade over Victor Lindelof. And we talked before about putting players in the best position to succeed. Rafa Varan is an everyday player. Victor Lindelof is the type of player that, hey, if there's an injury, if there's something unfortunate that happens, that's a great option to look at as a short-term replacement. So I think now you put these players in the positions that best suit them. And that's where you see the upgrade. I think we'll see even more stability at the back than we saw last season. Because over time, we've seen all the contenders, they have that steady back line that they can continuously depend on. And so whether it's Henderson or De Gea, in front, in front of them, you'll have Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, Rafa Varane, and Erwan Bissaka. You know that that is going to be the back four as long as everyone is healthy, and I think that makes a big difference. So Vivek,
1: you know, just for the listeners, why don't you tell us exactly how Rafael Varane is an upgrade over Lindelof? If you're looking at the different categories that we judge a defender on,
0: where do you think we're gaining? I think the number one thing is when you look at Center back pairings, you want to know that one player's weaknesses are nullified by the other player's strengths. And so when you look at Harry Maguire's size, his physicality, his ability in the air, those are obviously his strengths. What is his weakness? It would be pace. And so to have a Rafael Varane, I think nullifies that to a much greater extent than Viktor Lindelof. That would be the biggest thing for me. And so when you're matching up against, say, for example, a Jamie Vardy, if you're matching up against a Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, those are the type of players, yeah, a a Timo Werner, I think those are the types of players where you will see Varane at his best. And you, you would go into those matchups without a concern, right? Before, if Maguire was next to Lindelof, you had concerns. And again, we talked about that prototype replacement. When we saw Eric Bailly playing, we were like, hey, you need a better version of this. You need a more reliable version of this. And not to compare Varan with Bailly, but in terms of Varan's strengths, they are much more complementary to Maguire than Lindelof's. So Vivek... I I completely agree with you. I think Pace,
1: we've got that covered. Now, one of the question marks that was addressed against Lindelof was physicality and his lack of physicality. Now, a lot of people are saying Varane coming from La Liga to the Premier League, he might face the same kind of things that David De Gea faced in terms of physicality, in terms of going for headers. Do you think that Varane will come up short initially?
0: I think there will be moments where we'll look at and say he needs to learn from this because even before, you know, when I was listing my preferences, I did say Varane is someone that from time to time, he has mistakes in him. We've seen it in the champions league and, you know, once or twice we did see it in the euros as well. He wasn't necessarily punished for them. Maybe there was the one occasion where he was uh, against the Swiss, but that was it. But I think, Here, there will be learning moments. I think that's only natural. But at the end of the day, the degree uh, and the frequency with which they'll happen will be much less than what we'd see from, say, a Victor Lindelof. And bigger picture, when you're talking about United taking that next step against the biggest teams, this is where when you go into a Champions League fixture, you expect that confidence to show. You expect that reliability to show and as you said he's won the champions league over and over and over so he has clearly gone through an entire competition the biggest competition in europe and had very little go wrong for him i think the biggest advantage
1: of signing varan is going to be how that's going to affect our formation and our positions united has been a team that has been playing i would say a mid block not a low block not a high block but they're probably equidistant from the 30-yard box and the halfway line that's kind of where they play Mm -hmm. now what that does is you know if teams on the other end are setting up a low block so their defensive line is right at the 30-yard box it means they get to sit deep it makes it harder for us to break them down now with varan we can potentially play a high block, which means that we're closer to the halfway line. It condenses the space. We all know at that point when you've got a shorter amount or a lower amount of space to play in, that's where your speed of thought and your quality really shines out. And we're hoping that's where the likes of Paul Pogba, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Sancho, Cavani, their speed of thought just one-ups the opposition. And I think with Varane, we can play that high block now where we're not afraid of getting caught in behind with a long ball over the top. And also add onto that, if Dean Henderson is playing, we know he's a sweeper-keeper, so you're minimizing that space. So I think it opens up a lot of doors. Yes, you got to maintain your concentration. And with a high block, potentially, you don't need two CDMs anymore. You could potentially play a 4-3-3 in my books, where you've got Scott commanding that, You've got Varane and Maguire now commanding that. Luke Shaw, we know he, he's he's much better defensively. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I think, positionally needs to get better. It's his Spider-Man capabilities that kind of bails him out a lot of the time. I think this is going to be the biggest advantage. And if, if Ole can really hone in on that during his practice sessions, we could be unlocking teams much faster than we have in the past.
0: Looking back now on the season where... United, you know, I, I'll say they had stretches where they looked extremely solid, and as we've mentioned, probably the most solid when it was Harry Maguire and Eric Bailly together, and that's when we felt really good about the club that that holiday season stretch. Mm-hmm. But looking back, and you brought up that right side of defense, so I think we can start there. Erwan Bisaka, you mentioned the Spider Man legs. Sly tackling, obviously a huge strength. One on one defending on the ground, obviously a huge strength. In combination with Varan, do you see that as a potential opportunity for opponents to attack? Where we're talking about, hey, Varan needs to adapt to the physicality. Can you see even more balls being sent into, you know, from the right side to the far post? Or, you know, obviously from the left side to that near post.
1: 100% I can see that, Vivek. If you if you look at the Euro 2020 final, where Kieran Trippier crossed that ball into the far post and Luke Shaw came and banged in the goal, I can see that happening to United time and time again. I can see that ball coming in right behind Maguire because opponents know Maguire is going to get his head to everything. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be up to that communication with Varane and Wan-Bissaka. It, it is going to be exploited. I think also another... Vulnerability of ours has been from set pieces. We do play a zonal, so it's going to be less of an impact there. I just think that we need to get better at it. You've mentioned it numerous times, Vivek. Edinson Cavani was one of our best defenders when it came to corners. So, (laughs) yeah. Hopefully, everybody else has been watching what he's been doing, and he keeps his eyes on the ball. And even if he's not in play, he's constantly moving. Just make sure you're not in quicksand. So, you know what? To answer your question, Vivek, time will tell if. uh, if that's going to be an issue or not, I do believe it might be an issue in the first five
0: to 10 games. But after that, I think they'll clean it up from an attacking standpoint. How much does the Jaden Sancho transfer aid one Bisaka where, you know, maybe he doesn't even need to think about that side of the ball as much Vivek. He has to last season.
1: Opponents were purposely leaving him open because they're like, if he gets the ball, it means that a player who can actually do damage is not getting the ball. yeah. And they were letting him cross it at will because majority of the time, opponents would get their head or their legs to the ball and clear it. Now, with Sancho, opponents do not have that liberty to just leave United's right side wide open. They have to uh, mark him. What might happen is they might double-team Sancho if Juan Basaka does not move forward, which is why he has to, just to take away a body. So just to give you an idea, Vivek, United just played a friendly, you know, a couple of days ago ago against Brentford where Juan Bissaka set up the first goal brilliantly. Fantastic cross into the box. Didn't take a lot of time on the ball. Whipped it in with pace and it was a great finish from Alanga. We need Juan Bissaka to keep doing that because as soon as he does that once in the game, opponents are like, we cannot leave this guy alone. He's got a dangerous ball. What happens next? Sancho gets a little bit more space. What happens for future games? Opponents cannot leave everyone Basaka alone. So there's a complete chain reaction here. So it's extremely important for Juan Basaka to go forward
0: and put those balls in the box. Completely agree, Carl. Hopefully that's something we do see play out. So quickly, before we move to the other side of defense, you know, when we think of injuries, we think, oh, you know, if Varan if isn't there, w- Viktor Lindelof can step in. But if... Harry Maguire, heaven forbid, were to miss any time. What what is your confidence level at with Varan being the lead defender?
1: I'm I'm fine with that, Vivek. I think what would happen in that situation is Varan would probably slot in on the left hand side, and then Bluff mm-hmm. would come in on the right hand side. I also think that favors Varane. You know what? People have made the accusation. Hey, you know, Varan's always played with a commanding partner beside him, Sergio Ramos. He was a vocal one. He took all the, you know, the brunt of any criticism. And he was always there. There was a nice linchpin. I think Varane can do that. You don't win a World Cup without a solid defense. Varane was the starting center back for the French national team. Let's not forget, they also made the Euro 2016 final. Varane was part of that. So I yep. think he is going to be perfectly fine.
0: So let's move to that left side then, where we've gone from uncertainty... And disappointment in the face of Evra obviously moving on, transitioning from him, trying to find that replacement. We think is Luke Shaw, all this potential doesn't really live up to it. And then obviously has the scary injury that he has to recover from, has his issues with the Mourinho or rather Mourinho has his issues with him. Mm-hmm. And then the last season plus, we've seen a completely different player and if he can ride the confidence and form that he showed over the course of this season, then into the Euros, he's one of the best left-backs in the world, Luke Shaw. Yeah, he's definitely one of the be- best left-backs in
1: England, that's for sure. And then, you know, he's definitely made that statement in the world. You don't earn that moniker of Shoberto Carlos for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what? Uh, speaking of... That position, Vivek, you know, news has been coming out that Alex Tellers got injured in training, and it looks like he's gone for the whole month of August with a, a return in September. Mm-hmm. So, you know what, if God forbid, if Luke Shaw goes down in that area, we could be in a bit of a pickle. There are talks about Brandon Williams going out on loan. I think United have taken a bit of a step back with what's happened to Tellez which is a pity for him because it looked like he was going to go to Southampton, which would have been great education for him. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Vivek, on on if he should go out on loan?
0: I think right now you have to be pragmatic and just a bit conservative in thinking that, okay, if Telez is not there, you need to have a backup option. And so it's important to have that safety net of having a Brandon Williams. And if you have to throw him out there into the fire, then so be it. It's better than having no option at all. Looking at someone who, you know, when we were making our Euro 2020 teams and we got into who our substitutes would be, I don't know if there's still room or time to find a way to get that Kieran Trippier asking price down. Because you look at a utility player, someone who can play on the left, someone who can play on the right, he would slot in beautifully and you would have no concerns whatsoever. We talk about having depth in place to have him on board, I think would be a huge transfer for United. Obviously the fee seems a bit too stiff at 30 million for a 31 year old. And you're saying, okay, if you just write it out, maybe next season you get him that much cheaper, maybe on free, but I think if there's a way to get that asking price down, I would still prioritize him, obviously not above the CDM need, but I think he he's probably number 2 in where I'm looking.
1: What about Diego Dallo? Because he has played both on the right and the left for AC Milan.
0: Yeah, D- Dallo is an option for sure. I just think defensively I don't trust him. I it's 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 at that point where I would rather have the experience for Brandon Williams than play Dallo, because even just looking at this friendly, you think about the goal that uh, Brentford scored uh, for the equalizer. It was Dalot who was beat uh, on the ball uh, over the top and then they're able to curl one around into the far post. And those are fairly basic mistakes if I'm being honest. And if you're making that in a friendly, I don't know what to expect in a match of significant consequence. You know what? I I really
1: hope that Dallo gets a chance where he, you know, Italy's known for the defending. And so hopefully he got a a good education there. I would love to see him for a season at United where, okay, maybe he's not starting in the Premier League, but he's getting a go in the FA Cup and the Carabao Cup. I would like to Mm -hmm. see what he's made of because he's still a young buck and he could turn into something, because he, he does play a variety of positions as well, and he's got a sweet cross. N- not not as good as Kieran Trippier, but he could be at that level in the future. So I want to give him a shot before
0: we cut ties with him, basically. Yeah, hopefully he isn't one of those uh, master of none players where it's like, hey, he, do- he does these bits and pieces. Uh, and and we say that in cricket all the time, right? Those bits and pieces cricketers, but... On some level, he has to be a specialist at something. And I think that's where he's finding a bit of an issue right now. And that's where, whether his best position is a right back, whatever it may be, I think he needs to have that one specialist role and the others are sort of, hey, in a pinch, we know we can go to him here.
1: Yeah, fair enough. One player that comes to mind was a John O'Shea. I wouldn't say he was a master of anything, but his position was right back, but he could fill in at center back. He could fill in at left back. In some cases, he could fill in at center midfield as well, but right back was his position. So if if Dalo can get to that, I'm perfectly fine with it.
0: Carl, I think the last one we'll touch on quickly uh, coming back to the middle of defense because we've talked about Alex Telles. We've talked about Brandon Williams. And we talked about Eric Bailly and Dalo just now. Axel Twanzebe, you mentioned a loan deal is probably best for him. Are you disappointed with that's where we're at right now? Or do you think this is just a natural stage for him to be at?
1: I am a bit disappointed if I'm being honest, Vivek. He, He was someone who has been touted to be a future captain. He's got that leadership capability. And then... We kind of, you know, we saw that that game against PSG where he was basically a Rolls-Royce defender. He's marking some of the best players in the world in Mbappe and Neymar mm-hmm. and didn't put a foot wrong. And um, now kind of got caught up in all of the, the praise. And then it kind of was uh, back down to reality for him for the rest of the season. I'm really <laughs> he, hoping... Almost, almost immediately after in the Istanbul match. Absolutely. And you know what, like, He's, he's built to be a centre-back. He's got all the qualities that you need. Physical presence, speed, height. And he just needs to put it together. We know that defenders, it's not easy to do that. There's very, it's very rare that you get these young defenders who can do it from the get-go. Probably Delit is one of them. Rafael Varan when he was 19, was another one of them when he signed for Madrid earlier on. There aren't too many out there. So Mm -hmm. I, I really think that a loan deal is best for him. A loan deal within the Premier League because he has had a loan in the championship and he's learned that physical side. But in the Premier League, you've got that speed in behind the defense that he needs to get caught up on. And also positionally playing a high block, low block, mid block, when to go, when to stay. I still think he's a little indecisive when it comes to that. So if he's able to get a loan to like a Newcastle or a Southampton, one of those teams, I think... It'll really help him out.
0: And I think that's the final point I'll focus on with Tuan Zebe. is I think United have to be very specific about who they loan him to, because as far as the weaknesses in his game that I saw, we saw it in that Istanbul match. He couldn't live with the Dembaba of 2020. Yeah. So I think that's the type of positions that I want to put him in if I'm sending him on loan. So... Don't send him to a Burnley because you want him to go up against a Burnley, right? Those physical, tough teams where there's the lone striker that you're going to have to contend with and be physical and be able to cope with that, right? Send him to a Southampton who plays a bit more on the feet and will be dealing with those uh, types of teams. Send him to a Newcastle as well. But I think... For him, it's really important to show that he can cope with that type of striker. The one who is that traditional number nine that is going to just need that one chance and put it away. Because at this level, that's what he needs to understand. Those are the types of mistakes that can cost you the title, uh, and a uh, Champions League, whatever it may be. I think he's pretty confident going one-on-one. On the ground but the other side is what i want to see when when the striker is backing him down when the striker is playing that offside line and just getting in behind
1: yeah makes sense to me vivek
0: carl you mentioned the friendly let's let's move on Uh, i think that that just about wraps it up for reviewing the defenders 2-2 a couple of great goals on united side a couple of great goals on brentford side
1: yeah this was a, a golazo fest if i'm being honest you had an, a great star from Melanga, which we talked about earlier. Then you had a curler from Brentford into the far post. You had an absolute worldie from Andreas Pereira. Kind of reminded me of that Paul Scholes goal against Aston Villa from the corner kick because it hit the top mm. of the bar and bounced in. And yep. then, you know, it was also in, front, in, old, in Old Trafford in front of a crowd. So even better, because, you know, when you score goals like that, you want to hear the roar of the crowd. And so I'm glad that Pereira got to feel that probably one of his last games for United before he's get shipped out anyways. Um, <laughs> and then Brentford with another great equalizer. So all in all, you know, it was a great atmosphere for the neutral. It was a good friendly. There were goals.
0: Nobody wants to see a nil-nil friendly. So looking at some injury concerns, obviously Marcus Rashford surgery is confirmed now. And United will have an extended absence of his to deal with. Have your thoughts changed at all on who should be on the left and how things should play out there? Vivek, it's going to be an interesting one to see what Ole does. He's got he's got a
1: couple of different options. He's got, obviously, Pogba. He's got Marcial, He can put Sancho there. Greenwood, I actually haven't seen him play on the left too much, so I don't know if he'll play there. But, you know, we want to see what happens to Ahmad Diallo as well. You've got Daniel James. There's there's a lot of options. I I want to see who is going to be going out on loan. I think that will determine a lot of things for us. Uh, Marcus Rashford, interesting. He was getting uh, copping some stick for going ahead with this shoulder surgery, and he himself said, "Hey, you know what? If I was if I was not going to play as vital a role as I thought I would in Euro 2020, he might have elected to take that surgery." in the summer because now he's he's missing game time for united but at the same time you know coming into the tournament as he was i would say you know having a relatively good season for united and majority of the games being in england it's hard to pass that up to be honest with you so i don't blame him for what he did and i think at the end of the day marcus rashford needs to look at his long-term future as a united fan i want what's best for him long term he's a Local lad. So if it means him missing one month of the season, two months of the season, but then him giving us a proper eight months of the season, I will take that any day. We saw the other side of the coin uh, in the season that just passed. He couldn't complete 90 minutes. Yep. So, you know, the people who are just giving him a bit of stick for that, like, it's it. you need to look a little long-term. Don't be so short-sighted.
0: It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Marcus Rashford, if he says before the Euros that, oh, I'm going to elect for surgery, guess what? Every England fan is going to bash him and say, where's the commitment? Why, uh, you know, how can you do this right before the Euros? Don't you want to be there? This and that. Now he does it after, (laughs) then there's still complaints. So it's one of those situations where athletes are always going to be criticized whichever way they go. And it's unfortunate. I think this is why you bring in depth this is why you make transfers so you can cope with these types of things and i honestly believe that having rafael varan in the mix allows you to play pogba a bit deeper as opposed to you know playing him on the left and so i think he could slide into that role next to scott or you know if it's a 4231 if it's a 433 then yeah he'll he'll be on that initial three but i think I increasingly believe that it'll be Jaden Sancho who will start on the left side Edinson Cavani up top and Mason Greenwood on the right. And then Anthony Martial coming off the bench. Yes. I, I, I think that's just, you know what the situation demands. And if you honestly asked me to rank those attacking options, Martial would be below all of them. So, Some might say I'm being harsh. Some might say I'm not factoring history enough. But in the present moment, that's just how I view it. And You look at Mason Greenwood, I think having had the experience now that he's had for a season and a half, I think he's ready to take on that role, even if it's temporarily, until Marcus Rashford comes back. And then you go from there. Martial will get opportunities, whether it's the Carabao Cup, whether it's the FA Cup, he will he will get a look in. What he does with that look in to earn more is how I would measure whether or not he could factor into a starting lineup at some point.
1: Completely agree, Vivek. What you do with the time you get on the pitch is going to make a big difference. And on a side note, it looks like Marcial's keeping the number nine. Jaden Sancho, the reports that he did want the number seven, but Ole put his foot down. And he said, hey, you know what? We're not going to upset the harmony that we currently have. You're getting the number 25. And then we'll see what goes on after that. And the significance of the 25 is 2 plus 5 equals 7. So
0: there you go. <laughs> A quick little update on the Olympics. On the men's side, Brazil will play Mexico in one semifinal. Spain will play Japan in the other. Ivory Coast are out. So we will likely see Eric and... Ahmad Diallo report back to the club in some time after they get a bit of a break. Soccer in the Olympics has not
1: let anybody down. They have had quite a few rip roaring games and, you know, from a Canadian perspective, all the medals are coming from the women. So shout out to all the women there and continue doing the great job. And hopefully they, they show the men how, how
0: to win a medal or two since we're still waiting for one. Carl, uh, I would just echo your words. It's amazing to see what the women are doing. And, uh, Hopefully it's a lesson to us all to support the women beyond the Olympics because obviously there's a lot that's going on in the four years in between Mm -hmm. to be able to perform uh, on this stage the way they are right now. That just about wraps it up for this episode. A reminder, we are on Twitter at Red Couch Manx. If you enjoy the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and join us after every match. Reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated. On behalf of Carl and myself, thank you for listening to Red Couch Manx.